that? No. No. My well, eyes do you... are just hurting today. Yeah, no, mine too. Okay, yeah, I'm four fucking episodes deep, and I'm obsessed with it, and how I described it to... Wait, what? Like... Tell people, because we just heard it. Oh, recording. sorry, sorry. So, Gabby told me last night to watch Inventing Anna, and I didn't because I watched the trailer. Well, I, I did. I had seen the trailer before you said that, and honestly, I just heard her accent and was like, there's no fucking way I'm watching this, because <laughs> the accent is so bad, but then you told me, and I watched last night, and now every episode's like an hour, if not more. I'm already four episodes deep. I but cannot good, stop watching. Right? It's so good because it, it is literally, at least how I'm taking it right now, right? Like I haven't finished. But right now, how it is, is like performance art meets ego meets trauma. So it's like performance art and mental illness gone too far. Yeah. And I fucking live for it. Yeah, it's and it's really like a good. reflection on like power and commentary and like social status and how like you could just make anything up and if you're a fucking person behind a microphone or a person that knows how to wordsmith well like oh my god it is so it is just get thank you for the recommendation it's given well, it to i me. told meadow because i remember like living it's a true story it's based on a true right. story and i remember like living through it and being like fascinated by it oh my god not my computer screaming at me it gets so overheated whenever we record oh my gosh, um, can you hear it no i can't but okay good but well, you just reminded me I have some tabs to close, so let me go do that. Oh, my God. Um, what was I going to say? That I was watching it. I literally started it this past weekend. It's Wednesday. I'm in the middle of the last episode. There's nine episodes. They're each like an hour long. Um, it's so good. And the, the other night I was watching it, and I was up super late watching, and I like – it's exactly what you said of like the commentary of mental health and like acting and like all these things. And I was sitting there, and I literally just started writing like a story idea that I have that I want to mm-hmm. pitch. And it's the concept of, like, what happens when we just stop? Like, what are we left with? We're literally just left Mm -hmm. with ourselves. Is that why it's Mm -hmm. so scary? Like, what happens when we just stop? We show Mm -hmm. so many projections of ourselves. Like, everything is like a mirror. You know what I mean? Like, to our work, to what we project online, to our loved ones, to our partners, like, the people we're sleeping with, the people that we love. Like, it's everything is a different projection. And we're, like act the most most of us the majority of us are actively acting in a way mm-hmm. and the struggle is just to like simply fucking exist like why is that so difficult oh shit low browser storage all it because it's Delete so fucking downloads i am it's so fucking difficult because when you have trauma that's that severe and you've never been taught anything or you just are like I don't know, just some people can't get past that like egoic mind to sit with themselves alone. Like it is too hard to get to that point where you're left with just you. So you'll do anything but to the point where you'll like con people out of fucking millions of dollars. Right, but (laughs) just wait until you get towards the end because from what it seems, obviously we don't know, but from what it seems, the girl didn't have that much trauma. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Like it might just be like sociopathic tendencies. Ah, uh, hey, did I ever send you? Remember a long time ago when I said I found that uh, neurodivergent girl on YouTube and mm-hmm. I wanted to send it to you? Did I ever do it? Mm-mm. Okay, we got to watch that still. Okay. Anyway, you guys should go watch Inventing Anna because it's really good. It's so good. It's I'm loving. Really Wait, good. so did you? F- you didn't finish. I was. I was falling asleep last night during the last me episode, too, and there were like too. thirty minutes left. So I was like, I need to be paying attention for yeah. when this ends. 
It was like 2 a.m. I've been going to bed at like 2 every night. I don't know what's going on. Oh, my gosh. I know. Um, So I'm going to finish it today. Fun. It's really good. It, her accent is miserable. The accent is so But that's what she tragic. sounded like. Have you Did Googled she? her? No, not yet. Dude, you got to Google I don't want, her. No, I have to Google her after. Because I didn't no, know about it in real photos, time like you. Just for the photos. Oh, so okay, okay. See what she actually looked like. It's uncanny. Okay. I really, really wish I would have been paying attention in real time. I told Michaela about it and she was like, oh yeah, I remember that because that's what that my phase when I was really into scams. And I was like, God, only you, my mom and my brother would say something like that. Wait, like, oh yeah, it. that phase when I was the into, phase scams. into scams. And then I'm watching this and then in tandem last night, I started watching the Tinder Swindler. Oh my God, it's so it? good. No, how fucking unreal is that story? I, I watched the whole there's thing. There's 20 minutes fucking left. It is. I'm not gonna tell you why so I sad. It, but we didn't. Yeah. We didn't finish watching it. And, oh, I can imagine why. And <laughs> there's 20 minutes left, and I need to finish it. It's. But I told them I wouldn't finish it without them. But it's unreal. My mom has been calling me for over a week. Oh no! Being about like, Tinder. You need to watch this freaking thing. My mom's biggest fear is me on dating apps. <laughs> like every time I'm like, "Mom, I'm going on a date," she has like a panic attack. So. Yeah, uh, she's been telling me to go watch this, and like as I'm sitting there in the beginning, I'm like, every one of his pictures, I would have been like, you fucking tool, like yeah, exactly, left. exactly. But then it's like the guy's a psycho, like these poor girls, these poor fucking girls. Also, I think my favorite part of that one is is how it showed how quickly our culture on social media is fucked up. How like the first time an article ever went out of them, did you get to that part? Mm-hmm. The first time an article ever went out, all the comments were like, fucking gullible women. Women will believe anything, blah, blah, like, blah. And it's like, diggers, blah, blah, really? Blah, blah, blah. Like asking yeah. to fucking move with someone and flying someone across the world and like emotional manipulation and abuse and trauma is just gullibility or you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. or naivete, well, whatever you want to call listen, it. Listen, fucking speaking of media twisting shit, I, we need to talk about it. Can we talk about Kanye for a second? All right. <laughs> <laughs> We literally just had to leave the podcast site that we normally use because it wasn't fucking working. We tried Zoom. It sounded like shit. And now we're on another podcast site trying to use this. That we've never used before. No, but I've used it as a guest on other people's podcasts. So if audio sounds different from five seconds ago to now. (laughs) We're so sorry. I don't know what to tell you. We're making it work. Okay. And how about Kanye? Meadow, tell me what you're unpacking because last week I got a very suspicious text from you saying yes you did i have a lot to tell you and to unpack and i have the best unpacking and i'm not going to tell you until we talk about it so let's talk about it it's so good because it happened to me and then the day after like when i was sending that text i was on a walk with mahal and i was just thinking like i've never seen anyone talk about this and i could i could really use (laughs) a good podcast episode or listen to someone talk about this so it's gonna that's like exactly what we always want to do is like have things come up in our lives and our healing process and then share about it okay let me cut to the point meadow i am talking about having healthy sex after being sexually abused yay claps all around (laughs) so already i mean i'm sure we're gonna I'm going to disclaimer and you'll be able to tell by the episode title, but if that's going to be triggering for you, I'm going to, I'm not going to be specific about my abuse, but I'm going to be specific about a part of my healing that was hard that I want to share about. Go on. Okay. 
So Aaron and I are having sex last weekend and we, it's going great. And then we switch to this position and it's a position we've had sex in before. And like I've had sex in before and I've been fine, but it's also a position that in the past I have been, I have felt extremely unsafe in and kind of have been abused or taken advantage of in a position that's similar, if not the same one. Okay. And I didn't think twice because I've had sex since in that particular position and it was fine, but something about it, like right when we were done, I just started crying and I've never cried after having sex and I just started bawling and I turned to Aaron and I was like, okay, clearly I'm processing something and I don't know what's happening. And it took me about like 10 minutes to kind of figure it out and sit with my feelings and really like think about what I was feeling. And I think it's because Aaron made me feel so safe and so loved in a position where in the past I have felt so fucking unsafe and so scared that it it like triggered some fucking sexual healing and I had to ball it out, baby. <laughs> what a good feeling. I'm sorry. There is nothing. First of all, me being like, you've never balled after sex. Like I know yeah, <laughs> there really is. There's there's something because I've had both. I've had good cries and bad cries after yeah. sex. Yeah. And they're really when we're talking about the good cry of like the release, there yeah. really is nothing quite like that release of emotion. So I'm very happy that you were able to just like fucking let it out. And it felt like a part of my fucking. OK, so here's so in my oh, I wish I had my journal next to me in my journal. They're one of the reasons why I got this two 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 necklace is because mm-hmm. this year I said one of my big goals for myself is healing my sacral chakra, which basically just means like I'm healing my sexual trauma, like everything to do with like my uterus and my sexuality. And like Aaron and I want to have kids soon. I want to make it a safe fucking home for a baby to have a little apartment in there for nine months. You know what I'm saying? Oh she God, wants to put up her Lonely Ghost posters. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to move it. So, I'm moving into I your uterus my, with your baby. Yeah, <laughs> please do. I'm making such a safe space. But I would like to even like energetically and spiritually feel like I'm in the best position I can be in to like go on the next step of my fucking journey as a human. And I know like we've talked about our abusive relationships before. I know there's part of it that I still have a lot of work to do in. And a lot of that has to do with the sexual trauma because that's just the part that I'm most, I don't know, like that's most sticky or hurtful for me almost or the one that like feels hardest to talk about. I mean, Meadow, first of all, there's not only like a ridiculous amount of stigma attached to any sort of sexual sexual trauma to begin with, but then you couple it with your sexual trauma had to do with someone that you were actively calling a boyfriend. Right. So then that adds the layer of, is it abuse? Right. Right. Was it rape? Like, we don't, you know what I mean? Right. Which, spoiler alert, it is, but these are just the lessons we've been taught. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, so I've made this whole thing that was like, okay, I want to really work on my sexual healing. And then I found out, like, I've been doing a lot of cool tarot stuff and just playing in that world. And everything that keeps coming up was like, heal your sacral chakra. And I was like, that's so interesting because that's your uterus. And I've been getting this for like six months, right? So by Mm -hmm. the New Year's, I'm like, okay, that's my goal. Then I discover that the sacral chakra is your second chakra, which is cool because it's a number two in the year 22. Wait, really? Right? How cool is that? And then I discovered the color that goes with it is orange. And I was like, I grew up on an orange grove. Like, cool. Like, I'm finding new ways to try to connect with it and try to get better. And then I was like, boom, second month of my second chakra in year 22. I already started crying after sex. So I guess I'm doing some energetic healing, baby. You are. You're fucking tapping into the witchiness that we said we were going to tap into. Oh, God. I'm really happy that you had that experience. 
How to just cool let it is out? that? And I don't think I've never heard someone say like to have, but in the same position, like people don't talk about like the specifics of sexual trauma. You know what I mean? Like, no, can you I mean, have sex in the same position you've had sex in in the past that have felt unsafe to you? I think it's particular to the person, right? And yeah. look, you're you're in a position with somebody who makes you feel deeply safe and deeply loved, yeah. and because look, I want to make a differentiation too. Is that a word? Okay. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not Gabby making up words again. <laughs> we always do. When you said earlier that you were in a position that you used to feel unsafe in, like it's not that you were meant like made to feel unsafe, like you were unsafe. Right. Exactly. I was unsafe. Yeah. You know? That's a good and differentiation. Yeah. Now you are safe and are also yeah. being made to feel safe. So not only I want to point this out too, because that is a big difference that when you were having sex in that position, did you think about it while you were doing it? Or did you feel fine? Like beforehand? Like in the moment, you yeah. and Aaron are in the position where you did it run through your brain about feeling unsafe I don't before. I think so. I don't okay, think that's so. huge. I'm trying to think back to it. I don't think so. Yeah. That's huge because, yes, your body remembered after. I think you yeah. were able, I don't want to put feelings or words into your mouth, but I wonder if like part of that catharsis was your body acknowledging the fact that you were able to move through it and not remember in the moment and like let it go and actually feel the experience. And then after being like, holy shit, I just experienced that and didn't, I wasn't triggered in the moment. I wasn't traumatized in the moment. Yeah. It's fucking huge. I think that's why, because that's why it took, because it, it fully, it like almost caused a fight, but didn't just because I didn't know what was happening at first. Like at first I started crying and I like didn't realize, like I said, it took me 10 minutes to kind of figure it out. I had to sit with my feelings. But so the first thing I did was Aaron was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? I was like, no, I'm fine. I don't want to talk about it because I just wanted to figure it out for myself first. But I just kind of communicated that very like standoffish. So all of a sudden he thinks like something's wrong or he doesn't know. And then 10 Mm -hmm. minutes later, I'm like, wait, no, 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 no. Like it has nothing to do with you doing anything bad. This was me processing the fact that you made me feel so safe that I came to that. But so I, I do at least need to work on explaining that when I'm taking a beat just to figure out how I'm feeling, it has nothing to do with him. You know? Oh my God. That makes but me want to cry Meadow, because it's how so, cool is that? It's so cool. And like, this is something that you and I started talking about this year and it wasn't something that I ever said out yeah. loud until I started going to therapy this year. I mean, we know I'm not with that therapist anymore, but I will thank her for that moment because that was stuff that we talked about that I was like, I never knew that I had experienced like any sort of sexual trauma. I knew that there were like deaf gray areas. Look, I knew the facts. Facts were I would consistently stop after sex. I would lock myself. This is with not my most recent ex. Everyone gets very confused. Not the most recent Everyone go listen. If you're new here, hello, welcome. We love you. Please go listen to thought one because it's going to explain a lot of context for this thought. Yes. If you're new, I had a very emotionally abusive relationship from ages 18 to 22. During that period, that is what I'm talking about right now throughout this episode. Well, and I, I will let you know otherwise. The point is that during that relationship, the facts were I would constantly lock myself in a bathroom after sex. I would hysterically oh. cry, but like I'm talking, I can't breathe cry. Yeah. I would cry during. Yeah. Like the single fucking tear rolling down the face. Would he notice? Um, I don't know. So doesn't that even tell you right there that your partner's not even paying enough attention? We don't even know if he noticed or not. Like how fucking telling is that alone? 
I mean, yeah. I don't know if I, it like it, my initial reaction was like, did I hide it well enough? Did I turn right. my face? Did I, right. you know, I don't, right. I mean, he knew after when I was in the bathroom right. hysterical. Um, and part of the reason that I was in the bathroom hysterical was because he, he was a big makeup sex person. Oh, fuck. so it would be, we would be in a really intense totally. fight that was totally. usually triggered by like him calling me a whore in seven different ways yep. and something that, you know, basically he couldn't grapple with the fact that I wasn't a virgin when I yep. met him. Yep. Like wasn't cheating on the man. Wasn't oh my doing God. It, you Even know the I mean? fights are about sex and then he wants to make That's up why they were so sex? fucking traumatizing. Oh it was, we would fight God. for four hours, him screaming in my face, me screaming back about me being a whore and yeah. again him not being able to deal with the fact that I wasn't a fucking virgin yeah. and then would want so we're fighting about my body we're fighting about my sexuality but now you want to fuck me so that you know that you have control over me now it's so gross you own my it? body now so I would the point is your I didn't body mean would to reject switch it. this and turn it into me but no, the, my no. body would this it is the would, whole point it would then be the like I would we'd finish and then I would usually spin it. Like, I remember so many times just sobbing and being like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so glad that you love me. I'm so glad that, like, you forgive me yeah. for sleeping with someone before I met you. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh like my it God. was it was that. So yeah. I would flip it, and I don't know well, if that's I'm... what abuse is. They, they trap you into you're not safe expressing how you actually feel, so you have to, like, even manipulate the way you present right. your emotions. So, like, he doesn't know. Yeah. Like, him and I never had a conversation about this, even after we broke right. up, even after I was like, you were abusive. Yeah. The sexual trauma part of it, I didn't um, come to terms with until this year, and this is yeah. three years after we broke up. Same, same, but different. You and I have also bonded over how we have fucking hated giving blowjobs up until feeling safe and like how certain sexual well, acts don't even make us feel safe. Yes, because I had told her in person. Mm-hmm, I told Meadow, I was like, I have an unpacking for the podcast. And I, right. I think I was like in the shower and I was thinking about it and it like hit me and I was like, whoa. And it was basically <laughs> I was. Whoa. So what I what I'm like recently unpacking now is the is just being so deeply comfortable with myself as like a sexual person and like yes. a sexual being because I've always been a very sexual person but like and you are because you're reflecting in this way though like don't let that go past you because you're open enough to share these stories and say this and honor this to yourself and say it out loud is the reason why you're becoming more comfortable with yourself as a sexual person in general yeah but also you know like what I mean? having friends like you having friends like mine like people like even like Meadows friend Lena that I follow on Instagram was like oh my, my god everyone needs to fucking we'll follow poster Lena. in the show notes like seeing that and seeing women that are just so comfortable in their yes. and when I say sexuality I don't even mean like sex with another person they're just so comfortable no, in their you. sensuality in sensuality. their bodies yes. in like just being able to be like I am this like fucking creature like divine Dancing around creature. Your room, living room naked mm-hmm. and feeling hot and feeling sexy yes. not for anyone else but yourself right like I am really living in that this year like yeah. hardcore and that. not feeling because I think bef- I used to be really shamed um, by others and by myself when it came to my sensuality. Like mm-hmm. it when I was younger, Gabby's a whore. That's mm-hmm. the narrative. Mm-hmm. Then I'm in a relationship. Gabby's a whore. Then the and relationship also culturally, was, if you have a culturally to the Teffy episode, you guys talk at length about how a lot of Latin cultures, it's you're born with your worth being mm-hmm. you as a wife to someone mm-hmm. and, and a virginal wife. 
right, right? Or, or it's yeah. like you know the a lot of things with my ex was like the asking for attention so it's like if we were out at a club and I wasn't dancing on him it's like oh do you not want people to know you have a boyfriend but then if I was dancing on him and Meadow knows when I go out and I'm dancing and it's good music, my ass is in the air and my head is touching the ground. I know. Then I bet it's you like, over in front of me. It was fun. Then it's like, oh, you're asking for attention. You look like a whore. What are you doing? Shut Get off up. me. Oh, my God. That was a real of fight course, that we everything's had. Everything's a double standard. <laughs> that of was course. A, so I'll never forget that fucking moment. We were in Boston. I'll never fucking forget that moment. But yes, real oh fight. So it's God. like that or even like then it started happening and like friendships where we'd be out and I would be dance and then it'd be like oh Gabby's asking for attention Gabby's doing this like blah blah blah, blah. and I'll never forget now you a, have friends that bend a, you over farther listen, there is a fucking <laughs> st- whatever I'm not gonna tell the story um okay. I'm like boundaries Gabby boundaries I'll tell you <laughs> I told I we warned us we do have some so boundaries have boundaries some. boundaries 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 <laughs> we're protecting people's privacy um protecting people's privacy as I'm like going on and on whatever men don't don't count women count (laughs) exactly um anyway the point is I've always had this like weird shame around it and it really really started happening and I have to think my like I have to think Yassi I have to think like all those like newer like Latin Puerto Rican friends that I started making friends with in like 2019 because they were really the introduction and like my friend Ohenia that like you know was the catalyst of it all like they were really the introduction and I don't think I've like ever even like thanked them for that of just like showing me by example and telling me like be you have fun like because in our culture like in Caribbean Latin culture like the way you dance the music you listen to like it's such a fucking thing and like they were they really encouraged it, like it out of me sexuality yes. sexuality for yourself yeah and mm-hmm. empowerment yeah and they really pulled it out of me yeah. and now it's like I have zero apology around it but oh my god this is such a long-winded fucking sentence wait 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 I have a question about it mm-hmm. do you want to finish your thought first no okay uh do you think your ability to unpack this newfound like empowerment through sensuality has is tied to your last unpacking and like owning your feminine identity more. Totally. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But it's, it's been so cool to like see you like on your healing journey. And you're the first person that I've ever been able to talk to about any of this this. openly. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. uh Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to bring it back to what you said about the blowjobs. Why we went on this tangent. Oh, let's talk about it. Because so I called Meadow and I was like, I, had this fucking realization in the shower I was like okay so I've been on this journey deal like really leaning into my sensuality I think I've said it on the podcast where I was like I don't have it in me to have bad sex right now I just yes. like yeah I've been this is the first time in my life when I've been single and like really truly enjoying it oh, and yeah. again leaning into my sex- sensuality and like I think the first sexual experience I had post my most recent breakup so I this was what tw- summer 2021 the first sexual experience I had was incredible because it was like with someone who made me feel so fucking hot and like so safe and so like you're in control like you know what I mean I mean you know I fucking talked about it all summer oh I know exactly oh I know yeah and like that's I'm lucky that it's someone that's like take a a sip of water reminding me about this story no but I'm I'm like like someone that I 
call a friend and like I'm so and I said it to them recently I was like I'm really fucking grateful for you oh because you you, that's so cool of you because I was just like I was like yo you really you really like helped me through a moment in my life that you didn't know that I was going through but that's so I don't think other people would share that that openly that says a lot that you're even are willing to share that with someone that's so cool he's a cool guy he's a cool guy and he's 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 made me feel very safe to talk about yeah anything we're fr- like we're yeah, friends we're friends first yeah. and whatever the point is that like the re- I, the relationship that i had just gotten out of different right so not mm-hmm. abusive not anything like bad in that way but i from the very beginning always felt a very large disconnect when it came to our sex life when it came to our mm-hmm. like my sexuality like I would tell him, I'm like, do you even find me attractive? Which is something that I've never in my life experienced with a partner of like, do you even think I'm hot? Like what's going on? Yeah. And he just had, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what it was. He just had trouble expressing and being comfortable with his sexuality, with his sensuality, whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But that's just how I experienced it. Mm -hmm. And so what I said to Meadow, I was like, it's so interesting because both of my ex-boyfriends both had made comments to me by the end of the relationship of like, you don't give me enough head. Like you don't like, why don't you have, and not like, not like in a getting mad at me way of like a concerned of like, do you not like what's going on? Like you don't, you never initiate sex anymore. You don't, you don't give me head. Were they giving you head? Yeah. Okay. But it was really the, you don't initiate it anymore. You don't, and I was thinking about it and I was like, what is the fucking common denominator here? Because in the first time around, it was very obvious. It was, I'm right. fucking traumatized by you. Right. So with him, I was like, I know why I don't want to fucking give you head. Like, I yeah. don't want to do this. Right. With the other like, one, I'm going to put my mouth where I formulate my thoughts and my ideas and express myself around where you literally piss out of you scum of the earth piece of shit. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I'm getting defensive. And then the other one was like, oh, I never give you head. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And, and it was my, me being like, because also- I was getting off birth control. I was like, birth control really fucks with your libido, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is a Same conversation with we don't. Exactly. Which we, we can also uh, talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about that enough. And yeah. with my most recent ex, I was like, okay, but well, what's going on? And I was like, oh my God, you make me feel so fucking unattractive. And giving yeah. head and going down on someone is such a personal, I always find it more personal than having sex almost. And yeah. I'm like, I, like, I am doing something that you need to feel so hot when doing yeah exactly and you make me feel feel so fucking uncomfortable yeah in my skin of course I don't want to go down on you of course I don't want to do this of course not yeah and I had never thought about it because then I told Meno I was like I recently I'm like enjoying it and really liking it and whatever and it started happening with that guy like the one that I'm talking about earlier where it was like I, I was so excited I was so down I loved it like whatever and I was like oh my god is it because I actually feel fucking comfortable in my sensuality to like feel hot and feel empowered and do all the things that make you feel empowered when people say I love giving hat do you know what I mean oh a hundred no truly I've had ex-partners that have been like why don't you like giving head and I'm like because like, I, I hate tell you. you that you, How do I yeah, tell you exactly because I, I to ever tell you that you're traumatizing me fuck you and now it's like the best thing ever also head in the shower ironic that you thought of this in the shower because head in the shower is a game changer just FYI just oh my gosh also, just in case anyone needs some resources. Oh, my God, Meadow. I know what she's going to say. 
in case anyone needs resources, because you know I'm a resource queen for all subjects. I don't discriminate. That um, I learned really great techniques a long time ago. Shout out the Skinny Confidential because she had the highest paid legal sex worker ever come on her blog and literally teach how to give a good blowjob. And I've really taken it to heart. And it's helped me a lot. Listen, it's an act of service. <laughs> You're all welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Here at Thoughts May Vary, we only give you important facts and tips. You know, it's another reason why we should have Lena on. First of all, we need to reiterate again, if any of this conversation is resonating for you, you need to fucking follow our friend Lena. Like She, Meadow had told me about her okay. and was like, you need to follow Lena. And like, uh, the woman makes me, the, the joy, <laughs> the joy that following it's her brings unreal. me. It's unreal. She makes me feel so safe. She makes me feel so hot. Oh my God. She makes me feel hot too. She had a dream the other night that she was holding me and I was like her child and we were playing with each other's faces and just telling each other how beautiful we were. And Stop. I was like, can that please come true? Like I'm coming to Hawaii right now. Like I can picture it too of like you, you two right? cradling each other, like touching each other's faces. We are obsessed. with. I do feel like we're her and I are kindred soul sisters. We are so in love with each Listen, other. I need to meet her. You do. But another reason why we need to have her on is she's brought up a really cool concept about when queer people are in straight relationships. So like I identify as queer, I guess. I never really put a label we on it. We never talk about ask, this and we've queer. been wanting to. I know. But so she brought up a really cool concept of should queer people be allowed or not be allowed, but like the dynamics of when a queer person in a straight relationship wants an open relationship because they still want the ability to like express their queerness if they haven't especially people like i saw a tiktok the other day i think i sent it to you when some chick was like does it bother anyone else that it took me 25 years to figure out i was bi but it took my tiktok <laughs> algorithm about 30 seconds yeah and i saw that and i was like so that's a perfect example of like if that girl was in a committed relationship and just realized that she was queer at 25 honestly i think it's kind of dope if she was like if we were open and I wanted to like express myself with someone else, but I, it, it I think it really depends. It's I don't person know. To I person. Wanna... It's person to person. It's person because to person. Because look, it's, I have friends in open relationships where it works. And like, I've seen experiences where it works. I've seen experiences where it doesn't work. The Same. world is not black and white. There is a ton of gray Same, area, yeah. but I think it is a hundred percent up to each individual. Like I, I'm right. not going to be like sitting here being like, because I don't know if I would be comfortable with that. If I were in a relationship with someone and they were like, you know, I'm discovering this about myself. I want right. to explore. I'd be like, I, I mean, I don't know what I would say, but right now I'm kind of, I would be like, well, then go explore, have fun. Because I don't think right. I would expect somebody to sit back while I explore because it's not, if you're, for me, I'm like, if, if I'm going out and I'm exploring my sexuality and I'm in a committed relationship with someone and I'm like, look, I'm having these feelings. I want to whatever. I don't know. It's like, what's the boundary? What's the line of like, then you actually fall for the person? I don't know. For well, me. So, so that's the thing is in my head, I'm immediately, I'm like, but how come like an expression with one person has to be a threat for another, but also full disclosure. What? I got, I just got a text from the person that we've been talking about this whole time. Shut the fuck up. We are such witches. It's <gasps> funny. Okay, go. Was it nice? Yeah. Go. Oh, cute. Um, but full disclosure, I have 1,000% been in love with two people at the same time. Like fully in love with two people at the same time. Have we ever talked about this? I think I have been two, but I, I was also um, 17 years old, so <laughs> no one knows. I was... I, my sweet high school boyfriend that I fucking traumatized. Oh, did you? Yeah. Sorry. He hates me so much. 
That's okay. It's, it's okay. He, he grew up and therapy. went on to vote for Trump, so I don't feel bad anymore. Oh, okay. I don't feel bad yeah. anymore. <laughs> no, we, 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 we release that. <laughs> we release we, we release any feelings of guilt there. Sweet boy. But yeah, I, you know what would be great? I would love to discuss polyamory with someone that is more well-versed than Me I am. Me too, because I don't want to sound like a fucking stickler, you know what I mean? But I think it's yeah, just totally. like dependent on the situation. My old, uh, the chick that lived above me in Oakland had, was polyamorous and had a boyfriend and girlfriend and Were they, they like did a not get along. Oh. No, like the boyfriend and girlfriend didn't get along, but the only time they would text each other would be like to coordinate like her birthdays or holidays. So they didn't get the same thing, but they all fucking made it work. And she, she, one was a man and one was a woman. And so she had a boyfriend and a girlfriend. Did I say that right? She had a Can boyfriend we bring and a on your neighbor because what a fucking bad bitch. And, Are you kidding? and she was a fucking psychotherapist and I'm not kidding. She was like an MFT or something. Here's my question. Do you think we would have had a different reaction if you said your neighbor was a man? What if you had two women? Yeah, probably. We would be having a different conversation, huh? Probably. Well, just because, but that's, we would be having a different conversation because historically, systematically, and pervasively, what what men have been able to be, you know what I mean? Not me defending a man. Like, me just being like, (laughs) if a man, we put so much stigma on them about them being cheaters (laughs) and manipulating us. And I'm like, wait. Hey, we're talking about nuance, baby. We're not saying we hate all men, just most of them. Oh, my God. Gabby, get a hold of yourself, sister. Go on. <laughs> Nothing. That's it. It would just be interesting to discuss that more. But I don't know. I think no, I I don't think enough people talk about just in general, like he- sexual healing. No, they don't. I don't think any of us fucking talk about this. And like Sarah said, it's our basic. It's our fourth basic human right. Like why? 100%. Where are good, do you, do, is there any good sexual resources or like? I have to do a little digging. I have to do some digging. I, <gasps> wait, I just had, I'm sorry. My inner child just had the biggest flashback of what? my entire life. And I have to ask you if you know, because go, maybe go, go. my age will show. When I was like fucking seven or eight, my parents got me the You're Changing Body book. <gasps> okay. Did you ever have one of those? Did you ever get one of those? I don't think so. It was like a book this big. Oh my God. Someone listening, please tell me. I don't me think you that's an age this. thing. I think that's just like a parenting style. Maybe. Yeah. It was like a book this big. Hi, honey. Like, I don't remember any of the, I also had an older sister. Oh yeah. That's true. I mean, you do I too, mean, but I, I lived, too, but yeah, but I lived in the older. house with her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It like taught you the book. It was all animated, but it like taught you what your boobs were going to look like when they grew in and like what your pubes and how to put <sighs> Wait, in a tampon. Yes. And, like, I remember the remember boobs. I, I, and it was animated and it would show you the different I'm going to call my mom and look. ask. I'm going to call my mom and ask because I remember the boob thing. Yes. And it was all animated. It was like drawings. Yes. Oh my god! Yes. I, oh my god! I have to ask. Does your mom. is your inner child not screaming at that right now? Do people still boobs. do that? God, my boobs hurt so much when I was going through puberty. Do you remember that? They hurt no, because so bad. When I, and they were I like went hard. On birth control in eighth grade, and my <gasps> boobs grew really? like three sizes, and then I went off birth control, and all of them went away. Like wow. I had boobs. I didn't in know you were school, that young. Oh, bitch. I went on birth control at 13 because my periods were so aggressive that I literally asked to be hospitalized. I was like, I feel like I'm dying. Oh. <gasps> Sweet girl. And so I just went on birth control right away. And then secretly I like immediately started having sex and no one knew. Sorry, mom. Do you know what I just thought about? Because you were saying that and I was just thinking about going through puberty young. Like I think of people like Emily Ratajkowski and like Sophia Kelly that came on the podcast Mm -hmm. to talk about it. And like how like I know people – I'm not saying Sophia, but like people have always like shit on Emily of like, oh, poor – oh, she came out with this book about like her body being like, oh, poor her. I want to read it very bad. She was hot when she was young. Poor her. And I'm like no one fucking acknowledges like how traumatizing the sexualization of a fucking child is. Oh, it's dis. 
disgusting. Even the fact that when we talk about like when the Me Too movement stuff was happening and a lot of it was like underage girls and the news articles would call it underage women. Mm-hmm. They're not women. They're, They're not women. Girls. If you're underage, call them fucking girls. Like they are children. Yeah. Address that. Talk about that. Show that. Say that in your verbiage. It is disgusting. Right. And it's like the woe. It's such like a woe is me mentality. You know what I mean? We're like, oh, poor them. They had all the attention in high school. And it's like, yeah, but how fucking, um, I don't want to say traumatizing. How like impactful is that yes. to like have your fucking identity only linked to, to you as a sexual being? Yep. Yep. Wow. Sophia was a really good, she was really open and honest about that. Very open and honest. You guys should go listen to it. I think it was our second. I think, yeah, I think it was. She was our first guest ever. Our baby. Are you getting coffee with her today? Uh, tomorrow. We we changed. Oh, fun. Um, but yes, I'm glad we had this conversation. I I want to talk about it. Yeah, me too. I want to talk about it more like on the pod and I want to have guests on to talk about it. And I'm sorry if I sounded a little fumbly when talking because I don't know how to talk about it. Because we're learning in real time. Con- did you see Kanye stole our fucking tagline? Oh, you said it to me. It to Kanye stole our fucking tagline. Did all of you see not to us being like, don't talk about Kanye and then talking about Kanye? But he did post that he was learning in real time. And Gabby and I were like, uh. I DM'd it to Meadow. I literally DM'd Meadow with the caption of him saying learning in real time. And I was like, so should he come on the pod? <laughs> like, let's, let's get him on DMV. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> oh geez well i hope this was um helpful I ha- we have been getting some dms was about it? people talking about relationships and like sexuality within relationships and like yeah i don't know if i want people to take anything away it's first of all things can be going wrong sexually and you're allowed to say no when you're in a relationship okay also there's no right or wrong way don't yuck someone else's yum but always feel safe also you shouldn't have to oh if you're not having sex seven times a day as a couple you're in the bucket like stop comparing yourself to others have sex as much as you want to don't have sex as much as you want to Mm -hmm. it's so fucking individualistic it's literally our basic human need like don't judge yourself based on anyone else's experience Sorry, Please. I interrupted you. No, because that was a way more beautiful way of saying whatever the fuck I was trying to say. <laughs> we really pick Mahal up each agrees. other's slack on the days that we need to, you know? I know. Mahal Sometimes my brain a... doesn't – wires don't connect. Math ain't mathin'. It's just – You're really those. beautiful yin to my yang. Are we even allowed to say that? Probably not. I don't – I can't keep up. I don't know. I know. It's my job to know. Oh, Mahal looks so cute. Guys, Meadow's dog, Mahal – is literally like it she looks like she came out of you because she is <laughs> your twin and it's weird like meadow and mahal are the definition of like dogs morphing into their owners yeah we could win one of those contests that when they look alike should we should i oh my god i'm gonna call it research for the podcast and i'm gonna go on best in show like in the same way inventing anna does performance art i'm oh gonna my god. invent a character where i'm like obsessed with dog shows and mahal and i like take over the whole entire you should do like a live stream of like watching those sh- things like with Mahal. What's funny is she would never listen to me. No. <laughs> See, <laughs> like, I feel like she she's you, but she has a little bit of me in her. Yeah, she does. She fully. I'm not does. around her enough, so I don't know. But maybe she feels the energy. She listens to the podcast. She's our she's our live guest. I mean, she's here every time we record. She is our third host. She hears Team me mascot. being 
Oh, oh my gosh. We're doing this at the end now, but we had um, housekeeping details to go over. Mm, Go ahead. We have officially moved the group chat from Instagram to Discord because we got too big. (gasps) Wait, is that, is it, can we announce that? Like it's happened. Like you made the Discord. I made the Discord. It's fully set up. I'm about to send it off as soon as we hang up. So by the time this is published. Meta's our community manager. Well, Michaela is now basically. If you see Michaela in the Discord, Michaela works at NAMI is one of is basically Michaela okay so Michaela Bella my cousin and Maddie Bragg are all my children like spiritually and energetically those are my children so do not fuck with any of them but anyway she's our community manager because she knows how to use discord and we don't because we're grandmas but we're learning and we have this rad group and community of people that are so fun and so cool and going off all the time that we literally had to move to a different platform to hold it all. But it's, it's genuinely so much fucking fun. You guys, like if you want to join, it's on discord now, please DM us, please, please. Cause we have some DMS that we haven't responded to yet just cause we wanted to figure out what the next step was. I think Meadow made a story about it, but uh, yay. Exciting. I can't believe you guys listen. The fucking queen of the world is screaming at me. So I guess that's time to go. Love love you. you. Tune in next week.